I'm Julie Podowitz, CEO and founder of Grow Your Occupancy. Our passion is helping senior living providers maximize sales efforts and increase revenue. Join me as I chat with industry leaders who share their tips and strategies, and we'll have some fun along the way. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Grow Your Occupancy podcast. I'm Julie Podowitz, CEO and founder, and today I'm joined by two leaders in the senior living industry, Julie Flagsmith and Stephanie Signore. And Stephanie is a senior VP of sales, marketing, and communications of Health Dimensions Group. She provides expert strategic guidance to the HDG executive leadership team and leads development of marketing, communication, public relations, and professional education strategies and initiatives. With more than 20 years of leadership experience in healthcare, Ms. Signore has provided direction for strategic marketing efforts at a variety of organizations and systems of up to 35 facilities. She's a highly accomplished in many, many areas of marketing, brand strategy, team development, and provider partner relationship management. Welcome, Stephanie. Thanks, Julie. Great to be here. No, I'm so, so honored you are. And I'm joined by Julie. I'm the other Julie. You are Julie number one, Julie Flagg Smith, the corporate director of sales at Ebenezer. Julie has worked in senior living and healthcare for also for over 20 years. She has a rich background in operations and sales within the senior living industry. She has extensive experiencing experience working closely with state and national healthcare associations and has served on a national assisted living quality committee. She has worked as part of startup and existing senior living communities and also as a national director of sales with technology organizations supporting the senior living industry. Julie Flagg-Smith is currently, like I mentioned, the corporate director of sales at Ebenezer and she is passionate about their mission that's focused on vibrant senior living, emphasizing dignity and purpose. So welcome, Julie Flagg-Smith. Thank you. Very happy to be here. And so glad to have you both on. I'm honored. And you're both living right now in Minnesota. Is that right? Veronica, we are. (laughs) Awesome. And I love Minnesota and I love Minnesota today because we're having unusually phenomenal fall weather here in Nashville and you were saying the same. Yes, we're very grateful to have warmer (laughs) weather, which we don't typically have going into November. That's right. (laughs) We'll take it. All right. So today, the hot topic, not just today, but I want to pick your brain because a hot topic on everybody's mind especially heading into 2023, is external business development, right? Building a strong sales pipeline of those prospects more likely to make moves, right? Because they've been recommended to talk with us. And you are both experts in this this area. So can I just get started and ask, uh, maybe it's the obvious question, but why is outreach still very important in our business? Who wants to jump in? Well, I I can just say I was really happy to hear this topic because it is a very important topic and one that doesn't always get the light that I think it deserves. Um, 
to me, outreach is all about building, developing, and nurturing partnerships with both community organizations and other industry professionals. And it really is focused on education, I believe, as well, educating these professional referrals and partners on the excellent care and services we can do and what we have the ability to do and how that can provide value to get, as you mentioned, those qualified prospects and really that solution for both parties. Yeah, Stephanie, what about you? Yeah, you know, I agree with Julie in the sense of it is an important topic. And I think especially like coming out of the pandemic, we got to get our salespeople back out there, right? I think they spent a lot of time, you know, on the phone and, um, you know, trying to make some connections that way. So being back in the field and being, um, you know, customer facing is really important. And I, and I think it's important to remember there's, you know, there's the B2B and there's the B2C, right? So we need to be, ref- we need to be selling to our referral sources, but also we're selling to the adult children um, and prospects, of course, themselves. Um, so it's important, um, you know, again, I think just because as we've kind of come out of this time of being a lot on the phone or, or, or via video, right, um, being in front of people again is, um, you know, it's growing in importance again, because people really want that face-to-face connection. Yeah, I would agree. And it may have, because we are a, a, such an emotional business, we're person-centric, mm-hmm. yeah. um, we're a connection business, why people love being in this business so much. We need to connect. Mm-hmm. We need to connect with our professional and our connectors, our influencers out in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, can, can you guys mm-hmm. give, give some suggestions to anyone listening? How would you suggest or how do you structure the, your external business development. So somebody who already has a very packed schedule, Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to get out. I, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Yeah. I'll start. That's okay. Um, you know, I, I think like you said, because everyone is so busy all the time, right? I think a couple of things, number one, you have to schedule it. You have to build it into your daily routine. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is trying to do your outreach and, and such before you go to the community, right? We go to the community and then we get we get wrapped up in everything that's happening there or in conversations or we're working with residents. And next thing we know, it's the afternoon and, and we haven't done our outreach yet. So I think for the salespeople, you know, really building that into their day, but for others that are involved in sales, sometimes you have an executive director, maybe there's a clinical person that does outreach as well, really having to be a part of their day. So it's either on the way in or the way home, those kinds of things to ensure that they're really giving it the time that it, that it deserves. Julie? I, I couldn't agree more. Um, exactly building it into your routine and schedule and communicating that with your team. I think if it becomes part of your routine schedule, they know, oh, it's Tuesday morning, Julie's going to be at at outreach, so we won't expect her till this time. Then it gets away from that, well, where is she? Why isn't she here? And they start understanding the importance of that that ability to get out of the community. And Mm -hmm. I think the people who are most effective at outreach have a great community support while they're out Mm -hmm. that can really take those walk-in tours and really understand the importance of being out. I also think just making sure you really plan it. And if you do miss a week, do double the next week, but really keeping that plan and doing your research and really thinking through what you want those desired outcomes to be. So having that structured plan 
Um, I also think having a way to track is very important. Um, CRM is a great way to do that, but just making sure you have a method of, of tracking your activities because that data is so important when looking at future efforts. And people are sometimes surprised when you gather that. You think, well, we're getting a lot of, but what resulted in move-ins? And has that trend gone up or down? And I think having all that information really helps you structure it as well. If I could add something that Julie said, I think is really important to your backup team, right? So when you have a backup team, then you really feel like you can be out and that when you're out, things aren't going to fall apart, right? Someone's still going to pick up that phone, that inquiry phone call, or they're going to do that tour and we keep the sales moving. So having a strong uh, backup team, I think is really key to making sure that your outreach does happen. Then people are, they, they feel more confident about being out in the field. You make great points. I want to ask you a couple drill down questions. One is, uh, well, it's first of all, it sounds like you really have to be organized. You have to have a structure. So before you can get out or feel comfortable getting out, you, a backup team, or you feel like, how many times have we heard, well, no one else is able to do the tours, or I'm afraid I'm going to miss somebody, or, yeah. you know, yeah. so to really be confident in the team and that, that you have one another's back and, and that it's led by very uh, supportive leader, right? That, that mm -hmm. understands all of that. And then getting out before you come in, do you recommend just dropping in or setting up, telling, you know, calling ahead or can you talk about best practices for being in front of people? Mm -hmm. I'll start. Um, I think I think you know both ways are um, you know are effective, right? I think um, there's some accounts that a drop in is okay, and I think there's some accounts where you really need an appointment, and the appointments are going to be much more structured, right? Um, and when you're out, though, you have to have a reason for being there. Mm -hmm. So when you're just going to drop in, you need to have a reason that you're going to be there, right? That gives that gives the the drop in um, value. It gives um, value to not only the person that you're in front of, but um, um, sorry, I didn't like I said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it I, is, so you have you have a reason to be there, not just a maybe a flyer that no. Yes, all the respect, no one's going to read. I don't know how right. many flyers you yeah. read, but yeah, absolutely. Making appointments with people, of course, it it should be much more structured thought out why you're going, what you're bringing, what you want to get out of it. Um, so again, both can be, have a little bit, they bring different, different things to it. Julie. I agree as well. I think that combination, we do want some scheduled appointments that, that do have a lot of prep and plan. And sometimes that's involved bringing your nurse with as well, or finding out what the, would be the most value for that visit. And then I think with the ones that are more of the drop-ins, exactly what Stephanie said, having value to your message, bringing something that will that will really help, not just your marketing materials, but maybe it is an invite to a CE event, a CEU that they could come to your community. Maybe it's a follow-up from a previous conversation that you're bringing them, but some value added that'll really make you um, stand out and really give you that focus to your message. So if I have already maybe dropped in, uh, I've introduced myself and, and I've given my trifold and I don't wanna bother anybody, and I don't know what else to say because I already gave them my material. What suggestion might you have for me now? 
I think treating it somewhat like discovery and consulting too, you know, really not being afraid to dig in a little deeper and say, we both work for senior living organizations. I would love to learn more and just really find ways we can add value together or partner together. I think sometimes easing in with that warm conversation uh, really helps to understand the reason for your visit. I also think if you have a resident, for instance, in a clinic or goes to that clinic or maybe at that TCU, what a great warm way to get in, talk about the services, really understand what they do and how that back and forth works. Mm -hmm. And then I think for existing referral sources, being able to go that next step to say, I'd love to hear what went well. And I would love to hear about how we can do better next time. What would make mm -hmm. it easier for you for us to refer or for the process. And that's where I think you go from the drop-ins to we have a relationship, we have a partnership and we want to grow and get better together. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think just to add on again to what Julie said, um, having that purpose, uh, like you said, but how do you make their job easier? So how, how can I create this to be a real partnership because I'm making your job easier, not because I'm bringing by cookies or I'm dropping off additional materials, but I'm really making your job easier in the, in the patients or residents that you're working with. I'm really providing some impact that's making their life better, right? So um, again, I think like Julie said, I think going from the drop-ins to just like, I'm trying to get to know who is here to really moving it through yeah. that cycle of I'm scheduling appointments because what I have to say and offer is important. And what you have to say and offer is important as well. Like we're helping each other. It's a true relationship now. So I would think based on what you're both saying, to be confident in your own differentiator. And, mm -hmm. and, and by that, mm -hmm. I don't mean, oh, we have a pool, right? right. Which could be a differentiator, but if you don't, right? And, and many on paper, mm -hmm. uh, which is I think why so, so many people struggle on paper or on internet, you know, amenities sound the same or they all, you know, we have a similar look and feel, maybe we're a similar size, we're a similar price. Oh gosh, what is our differentiator? So really challenging everybody uh, to dig into, and if we continue to ask ourselves that, might we, uh, where we put focus, we're going to get results. So what is our differentiator and wh mm -hmm. why do people move in? And what do they like about living in our community? Uh, that, that physical, having a balcony, sure, but really a more the emotional side so that you, when you go out, and you're asking others about their business and what, what their differentiators are and what their clients or customers say or, or think or feel, then we have those pieces to, to add, like you mentioned, adding value to your message. Mm -hmm. And another th thing that um, Stephanie, you mentioned was, you know, bringing cookies and things that, that that's nice, right? But, just like your prospects aren't going to move in because you're nice, mm -hmm. uh, there people aren't going to refer to you just because you're nice. That mm -hmm. is, I think, a given. We we be kind, be thoughtful, be nice. But if, gosh, I knew when I first started this, I that's you know I thought well people like you, they're going to refer to you, which of course is is important. But just mm -hmm. because you give someone cookies, doesn't mean that that they understand why they should refer business to you. So right. yeah, to really um, think about it in the ter same terms, um, Julia, like you said, discovery, mm -hmm. right? We don't expect our prospects to come in and hand us a check. We'd love it, but they right. don't. 
So we have to discovery, connections, follow up, you know, wouldn't it be the same with outreach? Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. and I think taking away those assumptions that we think we know what they need or what would help them and really finding out and personalizing what would help them when they are referring or what their clients or the people they're working with would want and how it would make it easier for them to even promote. Sometimes they say, if we had this or that, that would help us with the process when we're helping these people. So I think just not making assumptions and really digging in, like you said, in discovery to find out what really is the core of what would help them or what they need or what you could do to help smooth that. You know, sales and outreach has evolved so much over the last couple of years, you know, right? Like I'm talking about, you know, the, the cookie marketing, right? That we all, we all used to do, right? And it's, it's not, there's no value in that. And I, you know, not that there was maybe then, but certainly not now in the age of like all these, you know, the value-based um, partnerships and ACOs and population health, all of those kinds of things. I mean, you know, referral sources are really looking for how are you different and going to bring value to my clients or our organization, right? It's really about figuring out that differentiator. So I think, Julie, like you said, um, you know, just dropping by, you know, with the with the cookies and such. I mean, that's OK to start out to start out with maybe not the cookies so much, but um, the drop by the drop by, um, the drop eyes are OK, but really moving it through to we need to figure out what the differentiator is between who you might already be using and what I'm bringing that's different and going to make your job easier and help your clients or your customers. You know, kind of piggybacking on that networking, the, the more value you can bring as well in learning. And a lot of people will uh, or oftentimes reach out to me and ask, hey, do you know someone who, or what recommendation yeah. would you make for X? Mm -hmm. And I'm able to say, here is someone that I trust, or here is a, a company that offers that service, um, and I'll do the introduction, or even people. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you know someone really great in, you know, Lincoln, Nebraska, I can reach out to? Yeah. So you become, it's a, that to me is like a win, win, win. Right. So if you're, you hear your, you know, your uh, professional uh, associates Mm -hmm. talking about something and you're like, Ooh, you know, who would might benefit you to meet that yeah. person or yeah. here's, I'd like to connect you with now you've become of more value. Yeah. Right. And yeah. yeah. So that, and then of course you're, you're helping someone else. They may refer back to you someday. Yeah. Yeah, it's about being part of that wheel. Yeah. Yeah. It's about being that resource. Mm -hmm. like, like you're saying, maybe you can't help them, but they're going to call you and say, you know, hey, we had a great conversation the other day. And maybe, you know, we can't help each other today, but you would know someone or know another organization. This is what I'm looking for. That's the ultimate, right? You want to be looked upon as the resource and they're coming back to you, even if it's not really about the, the services that you can provide, but you can refer them on again, helping you make, helping them make their job easier. Right. And then you, when we building rapport and, you know, let's say a six months goes by and you, know, you may feel more comfortable to say, gosh, you know, Stephanie, I've, I've so appreciated getting to, to know you and, and, and what you do and, and our professional relationship. I noticed that uh, we haven't had any referrals from you, mm -hmm. you know, in that time, I'm just curious and maybe digging in a little bit there, uh, mm -hmm. where you have developed a relationship to the point where you feel you might respectfully be able to have that conversation too. 
Absolutely. Yes, and I, I know that you talked about the power of the network because I yeah. do believe it's important to to cast a wide net and really get yourself out there with networking groups and chamber and events and expos because then you have a chance to meet many and you can single out then and do spin-off meetings and start that relationship. But the power of being that resource and having that big network um, is very beneficial as well. Have either of you done you know outreach uh, with an, with someone else? You know, someone from a different business. They they know this person. You can't seem to get in front of vice versa, and you go together. Yeah, I've I've done that personally. Um, you know, with colleagues in in the industry, um, and my salespeople have done that as well. Like you said, you're each bringing a piece of value. Um, you and it also opens up the door, of course, to introduce each other to a new and if as you continue to kind of work through your your own contacts you're doubling your contacts more or less right you've got your own and this partner may have their own and you're kind of sharing them so that is a great way to um I, I, again i think with new salespeople that might be a little bit more apprehensive about getting out there and what do i say and what do i do partner up with someone that that's a great way to get out there and build some confidence I like, I love that. And so a couple more things, uh, I know that you both have a very, very packed schedule. The, so I, I think just based on everything you're saying, we all agree that even in the face of challenge, even in the face of a lot of local uh, per, per, um, referral agencies popping up that there there's very prevalent and of certainly the national uh, providers, you know, referral agencies, are more and more and more prevalent. It's really important not to give up and that we need to be present in our local community. I think we can all agree to that. Mm -hmm. um, what, what would you say to someone who says, well, you know, people that I talk to just say, well, I just refer to, you know, ABC referral agent because they can take people everywhere and you're just one community. How, how might you address someone who said that to you? I think that's a that's a great gift if they say that to you, right? Anything that they'll tell you that is an objection is a great opportunity to say, I understand that. What could we do to smoother? Tell me about the last one. And because I know that quick response and turnaround, I hear that frequently. Like, how can you um, get back to us quickly? How can you do that? So that's a great opportunity to open that door and say, um, I understand, you know, tell them about all the value of your organization that they know and reiterate and then talk about that process and talk about how that could look with your organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think just to piggyback on that, I think is to find out why they do that outside of, well, it's just easy, right? But what are those other things that maybe those referral sources are bringing to them um, that you as an individual provider could potentially bring to that referral source? So like Julie, you said earlier, you know, it's, it's that discovery, right? And digging yeah. into that with the referral sources and finding out what, you know, what makes them tick, what, what makes them refer, what are they looking for to make their job easier? Um, and, and really just, just digging those pieces out. So I, I think, like you said, you know, any kind of objection is a gift, yeah. right? Um, yeah, th that is that that's perfect. I love how you said that. Um, you know, and that, that makes our, our salespeople stronger. And I think too that um, I'm a 
a big fan of going back after, especially a first time referral, but even ones that have been referring for a while and just say, tell us what's going well, yeah. tell us how we could improve or maybe give them a success story from someone they referred. Um, but just that follow up too, to just keep that relationship going and continually find ways to um, enhance it. I think to add to that too, when you do have a good referral source like that, like you said, like what's going well and asking them, is there someone else that you can refer me to? Mm. So you, you've used me, you know, several times things have gone well. Is there somebody else that I should speak to that's in your network that I could help and move again, moving, you know, building up your, your network of referral sources. I love it. I love it. Um, one last piece of advice where should I start if I can, if I could maybe do, you know, five appointments a week, what business types I and mean, what, what suggestions do you have for me? I think, you know, number one, they need to do the research, right? So you gotta, you gotta do your research and look at, you know, some historical data, maybe where your referrals were coming from, maybe where the gaps are and doing a little bit of analysis to determine, okay, where are we, maybe where are we missing the boat and then focus in, um, on those, there's lots of, there's lots of easy, um, low hanging fruit, if you will. I mean, are there physician groups that work with your, your community and maybe they're not referring, but they round and see all of your residents, um, you know, so there could be, there could be that, um, or other vendors that are coming into your community that maybe are not, not referring. Um, so those are some, some easy, you know, kind of like low hanging first, um, you know, kind of first level of people to, to contact. No, Make sure I you know with... where your referrals come from in the past, right? I'm surprised yeah. that that isn't the first place people go, but right. yeah, keep that in mind. Let's keep yeah. that in mind because it's oftentimes, I think just we get, we forget mm -hmm. to go to the obvious. Julie, right. what about you? Yep. And I love that you said research and plan. And again, I love data, but I do agree that sometimes, you know, and people get so busy, oh, should I track outreach or is that important? And it's so yeah. important because yeah. we do need to look for those trends and, and where we're having those conversions and where mm -hmm. we're seeing rise or drop. Um, and, you know, each community is a little different. A new build would be different than an existing, but I do think um, I like that mix of those, you know, more strategic circle of influence ones, and then some of that low hanging fruit or some of that new business that maybe you haven't explored yet. So really having that detailed plan um, and then using the data to kind of help sculpt that plan over time. And Julie, when you say low hanging fruit, I don't want to make an assumption. You mean like maybe skilled? you know, rehabs, discharge yeah. planners. And I love what Stephanie said about even we kind of forget about our partners that come in and out or, you know, people that are, are close by us that, you know, maybe we haven't heard from in a while or, or mm -hmm. like you said, TCU's places close by that um, we just need to make sure we're touching as well. Well, Stephanie and Julie, I really appreciate you sharing your expertise in this topic and, external business development, I think it's something that we're going to be talking a lot about and we still need to, uh, I think, explore more and more and more in our business. And just one last quick question. We are coming upon Thanksgiving and I'm very thankful for both of you. I'm just curious, what is your Thanksgiving tradition or what are you going to do this year? Oh, gosh. Oh, or do you even know? <laughs> Well, I can't believe it's November. As I said, October was so busy and with the warm weather, but we always do a tradition with a homemade pizza party with the neighbors and with the friends. And it's kind of been years and years and years. So that's kind of a fun tradition that we do. And oh, I love that. I Thanksgiving. love that. Yeah. Party. I love it. Yeah. Um, Steph, what about you? 
Well, you know, our tradition really is the day after Thanksgiving. We, it's, it's Christmas. So um, <laughs> suddenly, right. So we do all of our decorating and um, sometimes we make cookies and things like that and just start to kick off the holidays. So my kids it. are really looking forward to that. I love it. My daughter just did a TikTok that went viral. It's got like <gasps> 4 million oh. followers. Oh my gosh. Views. Yes. And it, it's hilarious. This is a short little thing. She is a November 1st, it's Christmas. Like oh, turn yeah. on the music, oh, yeah. put on the outfits. And her roommate is like, you know, it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> we don't do anything till December 1st. So they just did this funny thing when, you know, you're starting Christmas on November 1st and your roommate's December 1st. And I guess oh, it's funny. a topic. Yeah, oh, I love <laughs> it. I have to look it up. With everything. It's like summer holidays right away. Some are like slow down. Yeah. Right. Right. comments like a half quarter million or three quarters of a million of people commenting so yes weigh in now whatever holiday you uh observe or celebrate i'm again very grateful for both of you and for the business that we work in thank you again stephanie um signor and julie flag smith and you can follow us on growyouroccupancy.com and the youtube channel podbean and um Follow us for information on webinars, workshops, and our new online training at aginganswers.com. Thank you very much. Thank Thanks, you. Julie.